0: Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. And joining me to break it all down from the scene, it's Mark Immelman. Hey, Mark.
1: How's it, Rick? How are you doing, man? It's good to be with you. Uh, man, it's been a crazy week of the year in Charlotte thus far, you That for free.
0: What was your vantage? What, what is your vantage point uh, from the course been this week?
1: Well, first two days I was on the course for the golf channel shows and I had Rory McElroy's group in day one. And then yesterday afternoon, uh, I, I followed uh, Brian Harmon um, and Peter Melnati for a little while. And, and that was, that was tedious, man. The golf course got hard. The wind was blustery and the go- the course is hard anyway. And then today I was uh, in the tower for the, for the golf channel show.
0: So I got to see a little bit of everything. I love it. I love it. Let's start with the course because it is certainly biting back. We are seeing 18 play like an absolute beast. There are doubles lurking. There are triples lurking our leader only nine under par through three rounds. How would you assess the challenge that these golfers are facing this week? I would call the challenge complete. Uh, this golf course asks you questions off the tee.
1: It asks you to be very precise, not just with uh, the iron striking, but the distance control and the shot selection, because there are certain hole locations that you kind of cannot attack. It's, it's very much like Augusta National. From that point of view, and then once you're on the greens, um, if you get on the wrong sides of some of these targets, you better be careful. And then a little nuance to this course is the grass that's on the greens, the champion Bermuda, I th- believe it is, they grow it off the green for 20 yards or so. So it's like a, a, an elongated chipping area. But that area is mown just slightly higher than the green. So you're finding lots of guys having to chip shots off this very tight line. So you, you've got to bring game around the greens too. So this this place is the ultimate test right now.
0: It has certainly been devilish and it was devilish on Saturday, except for Keith Mitchell, who not only cards the best round of the day, but a bogey free 66. It seemed to me as as if he was in complete control of his game. Five birdies out there. Mark, he played the green mile in one under and we have seen at least his one victory coming at the Honda Classic. He, he's okay with these difficult golf courses. Yeah, well,
1: he's a hitter, you know, and, and and he strikes the ball real well. He flats it down, which has been advantageous this week because on day one early in the morning, the conditions were fine, and then in the afternoon, it blew a bit, and then yesterday afternoon, the the, the the wind blowing, I felt like it was by the coastline somewhere, and we saw more of the same this afternoon. So if you hit this flat piercing trajectory, you know, it really is helpful, and he does that, and he fades the golf ball a little bit, which is helpful around a lot of these holes to sort of soften the landing of the golf ball. So. You kind of expect this, and, and coming in, yeah, he'd been playing really well. I mean, uh, Brent Snedeker had talked about the fact that if uh, the Zurich Classic in New Orleans was, a, was an individual event, not a team <laughs> event, he might have won going away. And, and, and so he's, he's really high in confidence right now, hits the ball well, plays hard golf courses well, and, and um, it's no real surprise, honestly, to see him up there.
0: Here's the real secret, Mark. Also helps if your putter is not bent. Uh, We find out that Keith Mitchell, at least last week, we don't know how long this lasted for, was putting with a bent putter at Valspar. He lost nine strokes putting in the final round alone. It was one of the worst single putting performances by any golfer and uh, gets that straightened out this week and uh, lo and behold, pretty good. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it makes you wonder, you know, with these golfers that are of such elite skill levels that they can miss something that's bent in front of them. But yeah. the kudos to his coach for picking it up and going, dude, this is not you. It's, it's the arrow. It's the proverbial arrow. So let's fix that up. And they did. And lo and behold, he starts making stuff again. So uh, look, if nothing else, uh, good for Keith. And um, to that, for everyone listening, it's a lesson for you folks at home check the lofts and lies on your clubs, all of them. They do bend even if you don't bend them yourself. And and, and so it, it's it's a big pickup and it's something most folks should pay attention to.
0: I know in the game of golf, Mark, it's always the arrow. It is certainly never the Indian uh, whose fault it is. I can assure you of that. <laughs> well, that's part
1: of the key is to have a built in excuse, right? So, right? so if you've got your excuse, it sort of lightens the pressure load a little bit and then you can play more free.
0: Absolutely. Well, playing free is what Rory McElroy is doing. Follows up his Friday 66 with a Saturday 68. Really only one blemish. It was the double that he took on number 12. But Mark, you've had an up close and personal view with Rory McElroy this week. Uh, I can tell you what the stats say, but I want you to tell me what your eyeballs say.
1: What my eyeball says is a guy who's got his swagger back. Um, I I, I call his action for most of the round on Thursday afternoon, and you could see a guy that didn't have the the furrowed brow. There wasn't the the pursed lips and the the grimace, if you will, you know, playing golf swing. I I saw Rory hitting shots again. I saw Rory, look, he he drove the ball poorly, and he had a sniping hook off the 11th that, for me, had my eyes popped um, because I've never seen him do anything like that ever. Uh, but 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 he's got a little mojo going on. But the key for McElroy to me, and it's freed up the rest of the game, is he is rolling it like a banshee. I mean, he made all manner of putts in round one in route to 72, which is one over. Then yesterday morning, got out and hit the ball beautifully and made putts. And then today, he made some great putts too. So that, to me, always lightens the load and takes the pressure off the ball striking. And and if you're struggling with your swing, then that pressure load is multiplied even more. So he looks like he's got a little of that bounce in his step, uh, and, and he certainly is swinging more freely, in my opinion. The club does look more on the line from a technical standpoint.
0: Eighth in the field in putting this week. Certainly, even the ones that he's missing look like they are going in. And Mark, you mentioned the hop in his step. I mean, we've got we've got fans back. Uh, I, I'm sure you can tell us what the what the atmosphere was like this week. But Rory has been very vocal about missing those fans. I'm not sure it's much of a surprise that as we start filling up these grandstands, Rory starts getting that hop in his step again
1: yeah I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they love him yeah, and Charlotte as much as what they would love a uh, Steph Curry who's from down the road or or cam Newton quarterback here for a while or Steve Smith. I mean all of their heroes around here um. Rory is one of those. They, they sort of take ownership of him around here. And at every turn, there's folks lifting his spirits, people shouting, go, Rory. And, and you get the sense that the lion's share of the crowd are behind him. And you would swear he went to Clemson University or, or, or UNC Charlotte or whatever the case might be because they own him here. And, and I feel like uh, that's part of the reason why he's he's got a little going on because it's so easy when you're working on your game and things go a little down to sort of get down on yourself. But the crowds aren't letting that happen. So, uh, to a certain extent, they're certainly going to be a quiver in his, uh, an arrow in his quiver tomorrow afternoon.
0: We have a Gary Woodland sighting near the top of the leaderboard, two shots back along with Rory McElroy. Gary Woodland cards a Saturday 70, so three consecutive rounds under par. He offsets his three bogeys with four birdies. And, Mark, it, it has not been a particularly great stretch of golf for Gary Woodland dating back the last couple of Months. We know he was dealing with that hip injury, trying to find his game again after the restart. But this feels like a bit of momentum. He hit some good shots. He's starting to pass the eye test a little bit more for me.
1: He is, but I'm always concerned about that hip injury. I mean, the word on the street is that he was advised by his team uh, last year to, to get the procedure on the hip done. But he said, no, I want to play in the November Masters, which he did. And then when I caught up to him uh, with them earlier this year, I was like, how are you feeling? And he said, no, good. And, and yeah. I'm swinging free, and, and the gait seemed fine, and he seems healthy. So, from that point of view, um, good on him. Uh, but, you know, walking up and down some of these hills, that can take its toll. And then, uh, just from a, a golf playing standpoint, he just looks like he's swinging really well right now. And, and he's got that fade shot going on, and it's reliable. And, and the miss is one sided. And he's played a really, he's got had a smart approach to this golf course too, because whenever I have seen Gary, he's kind of been on the wide side of the target, making the up and down easier. Because if you short side yourself to some of these holes, you've got slim to none chance.
0: Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there are certainly big numbers lurking out there. We saw that uh, all over the place. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the odds via, via William Hill, and we're going to decide who's going to win this golf tournament. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating And we're back, Mark. We've got Keith Mitchell at nine under Rory McIlroy, Gary Woodland in the chase pack. Two shots back. Uh, You go all the way down to the fours. You get Victor Hovland, Abraham Answer, Patrick Reed. How far back with the way that you think the course might play on Sunday? How far back are guys in contention here? Well, I haven't looked at
1: the weather forecast tomorrow because this, it's strange to say this for an inland event, but the weather has had an effect on uh, on the early versus late splits in terms of scoring. Um, so I haven't seen the weather th- the forecast just yet. If it continues to blow like this, it has been because there's a front just north of Charlotte right now. This golf course is going to play hard. So I don't see it giving up too many birdies unless the, adv- the tour staff – soften it a bit and, and set up some easy hole locations. If they don't, I think anything sort of 67 to 8 is going to be a good score. So that sort of mitigates, you know, the, the, the chase pack that's, that's sort of like 3-4 under. But if they let the guys have some, and like we've seen in the past, Rory went bananas for his first victory around here, anything's possible. But that being said, I don't think either Rory or Keith are going to capitulate too much. I, I feel like Either either, Both of them, but likely one of them, will play well. And that means if they shoot one or two under, it gets them to double digits. And double digits is going to be a stout ask around this place, I'll tell you.
0: Our friends over at William Hill give Rory McIlroy the nod. He's two shots back, but he is the favorite to win, plus 175. Keith Mitchell, plus 275 to get his second victory on the PGA Tour. And Gary Woodland, also two shots back, five and a half to one mark I, I feel like the leaderboard is just it's just setting up for a rory McIlroy victory and then hopefully kind of a floodgate situation and we get to have fun talking about him uh heading into kiowa but what's what say you about this sunday down in charlotte
1: well i'm just happy i picked rory McIlroy in our uh in, in our, our our matchup games i picked him over justin thomas and Xander at some pretty good odds um and, and it's amazing how just a few days ago we were sort of Everyone was kind of discounting McIlroy. Uh, Jonathan Coachman on the show is like, I'm fading him in the biggest way I think it was. And and all of a sudden, yes, this boy, this this generational talent, has been working on his game. He shakes the rust off in round one. And and all of a sudden, he looked like the Rory McElroy of old on Friday morning. And today, for a while, he looked downright unbeatable. So it, it shows you what this game represents. And Rory McElroy confidence and Rory McElroy putting the way he is right now, I think, is, is one of those that you're going to have to play out of your mind to, to, to keep up with him so I feel like just his presence in the last group gives him the edge over Keith Mitchell and I have respect for Keith so, so I'm going for McIlroy I'm going to do the same thing that I did on Tuesday on this podcast All right. That goes
0: for me as well. And Mark, before I let you go, one of the big storylines from Charlotte is actually more of a Dallas storyline because Bryson DeChambeau, who can calculate uh, just about everything, apparently had trouble calculating what the cut line could be on Friday afternoon. He gets in at even par, says, okay, I'm just going to head home. Uh, Cut moves back to him at two over, and he has to catch a flight this morning at like Um. 2.35 to get back to the area. And and all said, he played awesome. I mean, he shot, he carded a 68 on like zero sleep and it was with a double on 18 in which he was bogey free to that point. But Bryson always finds a way uh, to make a (laughs) storyline. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, everyone talks about brass and, and yeah, what he did today was, was impressive. Um, but, but two, two things come for me. I was out in the golf course that afternoon and, and the cut just kept moving and the cut then hung around at one. And both Colton Oste and I, who were on the grounds, not, not sheltered in some tower like Nick Feldo, We were like, listen, man, this cut's going to go to two. And, uh, I had KH Lee in my group who was going great. And all of a sudden made like a double and then another double. And then he, uh, he makes a double on his second to last hole and has to par the last to get in. Um, on the number two. And his caddy, Brett Waldman, walks up to me in the fairway and he goes, what's the cut right now? And it had just gone to two. And I'm like, two. Um, K.H. Lee flushes one in there, makes Birdie, in fact, to get to one and move the cut back to one. He moved the yeah. fell back to <laughs> two. And so it was all over the show. So I can see why Bryson was like, well, look, early in the day, there's no way it's getting out here. But the weather did had the big say-so. And so that's number one. And then number two, everyone's talking about Bryson's travels. Look, he did this in a private plane. I'm impressed at Tim Tucker, who was flying commercial somewhere and then managed to get a flight back here for an early morning tea time. So kudos to you, Tim. That's that's some good uh, travel agency work by you.
0: I think it was Colt Nost who said he was the emergency caddy for today. If if Tim couldn't get back in time, is I think what he had said. So
1: no, he yes. was he was he was actually on uh, on standby for Gary Woodland because uh, oh. Gary's caddy um, had a, a best friend's wedding to go to in Dallas also. So uh, so Colt was on standby for that. But I joked with him on the air. I'm like, listen, Colt, it's a good thing you didn't have to carry that bag around this place, bro.
0: that's right that's I had my golfers confused that was the story that I heard as well okay Mark much appreciated listen enjoy Sunday down there at Quail Hollow uh it's gonna be a good one either way and here's the thing you're gonna have to earn it whoever's hoisting that trophy on Sunday will have earned it with the way that this course is playing that'll do it for now. We'll be back after Sunday's final round to break it all down. Let me thank producer Jacob. He's doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.